Hello and welcome to the ninth episode of the IMO podcast. I'm your host, Yusuf Musa, and thank you for listening to the ninth episode. Damn. So, how many months is that? Uh, well, each month is four. Oh, we're already a month and a and a, a month and a twenty-five percent. I don't know. Do the maths. Um, yeah, a month and a twenty-five percent. Yeah, see that? Quick maths. How you guys been, man? Hope everything's going okay with you guys. Trying to open this protein shake. Sorry, I just like I just need the chocolate at the moment. Yeah, how you guys been? Hope you guys are doing well. Hope everything's going okay. Hope you guys are enjoying the sun if you're living in the UK and if you're enjoying the sun most of the time. If you're living in other countries, including you know California or California, you know California state, US or Spain. Oh God, Spain's dealing with a Corona pandemic. It's the second wave, aren't they? Well, not really a second wave. It's the second wave of the first wave. That's the normal McDonald's joke. Because the second wave means that it went to zero and then a second wave started. You get what I mean? You get what I mean? But, um, yeah. I've been doing fine. I've been happy. I'm excited to record this. I don't know why. I've got... Really not much to say. I feel like I have a lot to say, not gonna lie, considering the day that I had today, which is a very strange day, very disappointing day, but, you know. Goddamn, I have such a radio voice right now. I'm so giddy and happy. It's crazy. Sorry for, I'm not being fake, it's just excitement. Wake up and buy my blah, blah, blah for $2.99. Um, you know what pissed me off those advertisers? That fucking Derek Moneyberg. I swear to God, if I see another Derek Moneyberg advertisement on YouTube, I'm going to kill myself. But, um, yeah, no. Listen, I can't avoid Derek Moneyberg. But, um, yeah, hope you guys are doing well. I'm doing well, despite, you know, the ups and downs of life. Just meditate. I feel very happy and very, very excited. And listen, I'm like a, I feel like I'm Russell Brand in a weird way at the moment just like oh everything's happy if we just care about oneness and everything and consciousness and we spread the wealth and all that stuff then life would be great see i understand everything i've read four books and look i look like i know my shit but deep down i know i don't know my shit i've been called wrong so many times i've been you know all i am is just seeking knowledge and all that bullshit i feel like russell brand I feel like a lot of motivational socialist bullshit is going to come out of my mouth. Plus, I'm wearing like a like um. What really helps is that I meditate. I meditate. I do the same type of meditation that Russell Brand does, and I've been doing it for as long as him actually, which is quite a strange relationship. Uh, but what what makes this weird is that I'm wearing a tank top. Which is a signature Russell Brand sort of look, but I'm not wearing like a beaded necklace and some fucking with my with my the deepest V neck that mankind can ever sew, uh, or like um, I don't know. I, I have muscles. I say that <laughs> I have some muscles compared to Russell Brand. I think I can fuck the guy up. I bet I can fuck up Russell Brand. Like if me and Russell Brand go in a fight. I bet I can fuck him up. I got a buzz cut. He's got a long hair. It's, I'm already winning. I just pull that hair and just keep smacking it with my tight knees. Um, but yeah, I'm wearing a tank top, but I'm not wearing like um, typical Russell. I'm wearing a Kevin Garnett Celtics. If you know Kevin Garnett, he's the, um, if you ever seen the movie, uh, the, I mean, the most modern memorable one is, uh, is the movie Uncut Gems with uh, Adam Sandler and Kevin Garnett plays himself in that movie. And, um, uh, I'm wearing the jersey where he won the championship with Doc Brown. 
uh, Doc Brown, and I forgot the roster of the Celtics back in the day. Shit. It was Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, um, the, 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 the guy who was at the Lakers point guard, uh, Rondo, and who else? Oh, and, um, he works for the other fuck. I forgot the roster, but yeah, I'm wearing that, that jersey. Go for my older brother, Musa. Yeah, fucking love that guy. Um, yeah, I'm wearing that. Uh, I had a crazy week. I had a fucking crazy week. Um, today, let's talk about today. Um, uh, again, yeah, I'm really enjoying this tank top. It's a champion one as well. It's a medium and it's a champion. I think I can sell this at thrift stores for a pretty good price, but it's not mine. My brother gave it to. My older brother gave it to my little brother um, because, uh, and then he can wear it when he grows out. But meanwhile, I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm just going to enjoy wearing it. It looks good on me. I like it. Despite the fact that my arm has a half tan sort of thing going on. I don't know if it's half tan or if it's just the hair shadow. Because the, the bit, the the lower bit of my arm, the one nearer to my hands, it just has a lot of hair. But I don't think it's hair shadow. I think it's just contact to sun. And the other part is just like... You know the 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 white. You know I have I have olive skin tone, so I like the melanin, as many would say. Melanin, Jesus, I'm such a radio personality. Oh my god, um, melanin, <laughs> but uh, melanin. So yeah, so I look like um, I look like uh, I'm I'm a step away from being an an albino. If if you look at my arm, if that's a good way to describe it, um. What did I do today? I had a uh, woke up, have my breakfast, did the usual chores, meditated, and blah, 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 just the main bullshit. Also had scrambled eggs as usual uh, because I like that protein in the morning. Um, watched Hunter x Hunter with the, my little brother. I don't watch anime, but sometimes he just has it on. Uh, you know, and, you know. I, listen, I like anime. It's not like I don't like it. I like it, but my problem is I can't sort of dedicate myself to watching it it's just too many episodes too many fillers and it's like there's no i'm not good with following tv shows if you recommend a movie to me that seems interesting i'm gonna watch it but if it's a tv show i'm like oh god this guy's gonna put me for a roller coaster of emotions and i can't be asked to do that oh cliffhanger on the 10th episode oh cliffhanger solved on the 11th episode ah wait another two weeks for the finale ah the finale shit what the fuck did Jon snow do ah you know that's the that's the problem with tv shows i will get disappointed i'm afraid i'm afraid after that game of thrones finale mate Here's the rule. Here's the fucking rule when it comes to TV shows now. For me, personally, it's the Chris Stockman rule. If you guys don't know Chris Stockman, he's a he's a very good film critic on YouTube. I think he has 1.8 mil so subscribers, so go follow him. He's got he's got he's he's one of my favorite YouTubers. Told me the value and what good films are and took me um you know, I've shared a lot of good memories in the cinema with my mates and you know, dates and all that shit out of his film recommendation so yeah go watch the guy he's pretty good but um he has this rule which is um don't watch a series i don't watch a series unless it's just fully done and there's no bad thing going on in between because there's a fear that i might get disappointed at the end which is exactly what happened at game of thrones i should have waited until the show has finished 
but because of FOMO and because there was listen I only got into Game of Thrones because I saw that there was sex in it and I got bored of porn because porn became so repetitive for me so I decided to maybe hey let's spice up the creativity and see some dragons fucking granted I didn't see dragons fucking but I saw a lady of dragon but naked <laughs> and getting raped but you know that's a bad scene but it was Carl Drago so that guy can fuck anyone and I'll, he'll get away with it and um and then so most of the episodes were based on the books and then the last two seasons the season before that before the last one was pretty good in my opinion they were going on a right angle it was good writing it was i, I didn't like the fact that they got rid of little finger but it was a very satisfying death you know the throat slit and all that shit spoiler alert guys sorry um uh throat slit and all that shit but the finale I mean, I'm spawning the biggest show on Earth. The biggest show of this decade. I mean, we thought Breaking Bad, but then Game of Thrones came in. It was like, oh my god, this is fucking amazing. Game of Thrones came in, and so... And then the final episode, and the way it panned out on the final season. I thought the season before the last was the, very well run. It was extremely well run, because it... it it was trying to figure out the balance between the the, the visual medium that has a television series and the uh, you know the typing medium, the writing medium that came from the books. So if you if you look at um, I mean I'll, I'll illustrate this by giving examples. But if you look at the previous seasons before the last like the last two seasons, it was very much focusing on narrative and letting the screenplay talk rather than the the cinematographer talk for the screenplay but in the uh, last two seasons you know the battle of the bastards is a perfect example of what i'm trying to say is that battle of bastards scene was never in any of the seasons before like something like that something so cinematic cinematically amazing you know compared like something similar was never before then, I'll granted they could have had less of a budget at the time, and maybe HBO didn't want to invest that much. But it's HBO, man. So those guys made The Sopranos, The Wire, um, well, Curb Your Enthusiasm. They can make money. Curb Your Enthusiasm is the most budget shit ever, and it's one of the most successful sitcoms of all time. They can make money. So I don't think it was a budget issue. I just think it was, oh, we're not going to go that ambi- ambitious. Um so yeah but then again it might have been a budget issue and then the final season yeah it was in the dark and it was like fucking it was like the fight scene from um from uh forgot from there forget that but um yeah it was in the dark and we couldn't see shit and that was disappointing. But it was very well run i liked the dark sequence but it was the biggest battle ever mate battle of the bastards that just that one slow motion of Jon Snow facing the fight uh, after he went to chase his brother from getting shot in the arrow. Which, by the way, you should have zigzagged, you fucking dumbass. Do you not play Apex? Have you never played a... Uh, no, do you not play... I'm telling a fictional character in the medieval times. Do you not play Apex? <laughs> have the writers never played the first person shooter before? Do they not know that you can zigzag? But I don't know. I do not know. I do not know. I do not know. Um, they just wanted him dead because they saw no improvement in his narrative. He was kidnapped. He was a little kid and never bothered to grow up. And, you know, the message of the East. I didn't care when he died. I really didn't. There's nothing special about the guy. 
But uh, yeah, and then he dies, and there's this uh, the armies of uh, Ramsey Bolton, the bastard, attacking forward to, to attack Jon Snow, and you see his slow motion, and Jon Snow is to the left side of the frame, and uh, he's in the focus, and the army attacking him is somewhat out of focus, and then you get ready, oh fuck, Jon Snow's gonna die, because you already know from the history of the other shows that they don't mind killing characters off, and then the other armies just collide and then it's just like it's just this one-to-one between Jon Snow and he's just fighting and it's like very close it's like watching um skateboard videos <laughs> because I've been watching a lot of skateboard videos it's like watching skateboard videos where the camera is chasing the skateboarder but with uh sword and blood and 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 just fur coats and winter time and the the potential of death for a loved character someone like that the way the camera follows you know it was a handheld camera and he's following it but surprisingly it wasn't it wasn't that shaky that's thanks to um the uh these sort of uh these the well i forgot what they're called the gizmos i don't think they're called the gizmos but they're called um it's a DJI. Uh, is the company that makes them is a DJI? Is DJI and it's like a it's like a electronically made a Steadicam. Now Steadicam was first used in the film in the movie The Shining by Stanley Kubrick. That shows you because Stanley Kubrick was so advanced and was so in tune with technology. That's why his movies were so good because he always knew what the newest thing was. And I'll tell a story about that later on. But this the first Steadicam was used in the movie The Shining. Uh, well, in its first ever commercial successful. Well, not really. The Shining was a critical bust, but um, a commercial and successful thing. Um, yeah. So that was the first time it was used in a big budget film, and then uh, throughout this decade, I believe the sort of. Um, the use of a uh, electronically made Steadicam. Now, the original Steadicam relied on two magnets that attached to the bottom of the camera, and the camera's on a pole. And basically, what what you can do is just with correct technique and correct training, because it takes a while to master the Steadicam. You can perform uh, walking shots without the camera shaking. You know what I mean? So that's why the two magnets are there. So it's, it's kind of like a balanced tripod that moves around. That's what Steadicam is. And then throughout this decade, the DJI came out with this thing that is a the sort of digitally powered Steadicam where it relies on uh, electronics to steady the camera and its movements. And it's much better than the, than the uh, obviously it's much better than the uh, magnetic Steadicam because um, it, it's, it doesn't have the footstep motion because no matter what, if you use the original Steadicam, uh, the footstep motion, the sort of slight up and down. If you go look at videos on YouTube, you'll notice there's a slight up and down for the Steadicam, whereas the digital one controls that because the uh, axes in which you want to control the camera and the which the camera is centered are perfectly placed. Uh, they have one for phones if you're interested. DJI make good products, man, but they're quite expensive. They make drones as well, which are great. Uh, back to uh, Stanley Kubrick being advanced. Um, in his time, there was a, there was a moment where, um, I believe it was the actor from A Clockwork Orange, I forgot his name, 
And uh, he was like, oh, I'm oh no, an actor from Full Metal Jacket, which was the Vietnam film directed by Stanley Kubrick. He's like, oh my God, I'm going to see Stanley Kubrick. He's so great. He's my idol. And then someone tells him, uh, someone tells him, based on the, the stuff they know about Stanley Kubrick, is that, well, Stanley's a photographer. Why, why, why don't you come in and try and impress him by coming out with a camera, you know, and just go to him and say, they, oh, look at you, you're f taking photos. And then so this actor comes in from Full Metal Jacket. I forgot which one. But he comes in. And he's like, he got his, uh, he's got his Nikon with the strap on the, and he's like, uh, he's he, uh, uh, he's got his Nikon with the strap on, and um, he's like coming in. And first meeting Stanley Kubrick, and Stanley Kubrick's on there. You know, now that, um, what are you doing? Their watch is old. What? Be that crap. I'll show you something new. <laughs> so he's coming in to impress him, and it failed. Uh, so leaves out, leaves out, leave, not that watch. That camera's old, you know. Who the fuck uses film nowadays? Just uh, that's film and the grain and the lens and everything about it. It's just, it's just bad. Um, come to me, I'll just show you a better camera. <laughs> and then he showed him a better camera, and it was up to that time, which sort of translates to the way. Um, And then, so that's me highlighting how why Stanley Kubrick was so advanced in terms of the, his use of technology, and then the Game of Thrones episodes. So I was watching Hunter x Hunter, back to that, um, and the show's already finished, and I watch episodes of it every now and then, and me explaining the reason behind why. I don't really I, uh, nowadays. I just wait for the TV show to fully finish and see what people say about it, rather than me getting fully disappointed after an investment of time, emotion, and conversation, and energy. Um. Uh. So I was watching this Hunter x Hunter episode, and it was an episode where um the main character, the guy with the spiky hair and the green stuff on top, I forgot what the fuck his name is. Is gonna be fighting the guy who's on top of the two hundredth floor building. Apparently, there's floors, and he was gonna fight the two hundredth floor guy. And um, the guy's a pedo, um, pretty much. And uh, the anime is not shy of saying that. It's not like oh, he's a pedo. I'm, I'm he's symbolized as a pedo. No, he's a fucking pedo. Um. Which was very surprising for a show that was meant for kids. I don't know about Japanese culture, but that show is meant for like twelve-year-old plus. I don't know why they put a pedo as. Yes, he's the main villain, but he's a, a, a in a way he's made as an admirable villain. He's not like um like a like a freezer from the freezer saga and Dragon Ball, where it's just like just an asshole or like a Sauron where he's just he's just bad. He just embodies evil. Like a Sauron from Lord of the Rings, not from Dragon Ball. Don't get those two mixed up. Um is it Saruman or Sauron? Saruman is the wizard is the sorry. Lord of the Rings fans. The Eye of Sauron. Yes, it was I am right. Saruman is the motherfucker who fucks up Ian McKinnon and Gandalf, obviously, and all that shit. Um, so, yeah, the um, the character... Uh, so, we're having a battle, and it's in front of an audience, and it's in, in this theater of dreams, or whatever the fuck it's called, and they're having a fight. And... Um, it's it's uh, the Hunter x Hunter main character and the, the fucking pedo. And they're facing each other. And the crowd is watching. And then the pedo literally just says, 
oh my god stop looking at me like that oh my god stop looking at me like you're turning me on and then the fucking the aura of his power comes out and he's got a boner and he's ready to fucking fight so and the poor kid who's gonna fight this character ignores the fact that he's gonna fight a person with a boner just completely <laughs> ignores it and he's ready to fucking fight but he's fighting a person with a boner which in any normal situation you would not want to fight a person with a boner <laughs> but uh, listen dedication and determination <laughs> and then and then he attacks him and he still has a fucking boner in the show and he's like oh god you're turning me on stop peeing me and he's getting enjoyment of the thing and then look, what was that fight and in the end and in the end, the main character doesn't manage to beat the the, the pedo, which is still not a good message to send out to kids. <laughs> like, you just got beaten by a pedo. <laughs> and this is a kid show. <laughs> this is messed up. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing, but it's fucked up. You just got beaten by a pedo who has a boner. And he gets turned on by the fact that you punch him. And the more he's turned on, the more power he has. What kind of character is this? Oh, my God. And, then, like, midway through the monologue, the characters... It's a shounen, by the way, in terms of anime. The character's just fighting. Pa, 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 pa. Punch after punch, pa, to punch. And this the villain is like, oh, punch me. Oh, my God, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. Literally, that's why he said, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to destroy you. You're turning me on. This is the issue why they fucking said. This is exactly... I'm paraphrasing, but... That's close to what he said. And the fuck is going on? What is this show? And my 13-year-old brother is enjoying the show. And listen. Granted, I enjoyed every scene in that <laughs> in that fight. But I just I'm just contemplating the idea that he's fighting a pedo with a bone. The scene was fantastic. Like great animation, great fighting scene, great tension, the typical up and down elements and of a shonen. You know, if you watch Dragon Ball, if you watch Naruto, it had those typical elements and that blonde pumping and ah, oh, fuck yeah, he's gonna beat the motherfucker up sort of element. But like, he's fighting a pedo who gets turned on the more you punch him and the way you, the character looks at him, and you have to fight a guy with a fucking boner. Is is this a good show? <laughs> And uh, the problem is Hunter x Hunter is one of the greatest... It's it's like, if someone makes a top 10 animes they grew up with, Hunter x Hunter is more than likely going to be there. And they tolerated the fact that one of the main villains gets turned on. And when he gets turned on, he gets a boner, obviously. And that indicates that he's charged up in terms of aura. Like, there's purple beams shooting out of this guy's body. Like, he's he's like um, he's like a prophet of purple, you know, with a boner. What kind of fucking character is that? And, and I just watched this while my brother, because, you know, he's got a mature head. I show him a lot of comedy clips like Richard Pryor and all that shit. He loves this motherfucker. So I think he can handle it. He knows what's going on. But... Like, what the fuck? Why? Oh, the feds, if you can hear them, they popping. So, yeah. Hunter x Hunter. Great anime. Very well written. Takes risks. Because 
it represents pedos in an equal sort of right. <laughs> like it's it, rep- it has great character representation, even when it comes to pedos. <laughs> so that ticks the progressiveness list. <laughs> Fuck. Um, <laughs> and and characters are great. I love Killua. He's drippy. Um, I love the main character. Uh, also, there was a scene. I forgot what the main character's name is. There was a scene where, um, congratulations, the teacher. You know, the, that teaches them. There were three students: Killua, uh, who has white hair; the main character who has a spiky hair with the green tips. And there's a character wearing a gi twenty four seven, and he's a red belt. And he's got, like, if you have a red belt, you've already graduated, and you're this little, like, come on. And then he, the sensei comes up and tells him, congratulations, both of you have have mastered the nin, whatever the nin is. It's like the energy, you know. It's like, um, it's like the sort of power, uh, power ranking that Dragon Ball has. Both of you have mastered your nin. Uh, but uh, the 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 character with the gi and the red belt was like, but hey, what about me? <laughs> have I not mastered my nin? And he was like, no, sweet child, you have not yet, but you still have time. And so he just passes the two main characters for the sake of going through like ten episodes, because apparently my brother told me it took it's like ten episodes to build this fight scene, and in the end, the main character loses. I'm like. And the main character is some weird fucking character who fights with a boner. Fights fighting with a boner. Like, what the fuck? Um, but I just felt sorry for the guy with the geese. Like, what about me? Did I not get the, the, did I not master my nin? Uh, no, sweet child, you, you have not yet. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, so, um, yeah, so that's Hunter x Hunter. I watched that episode, so not the episode, multiple episodes, because animes, if you don't know, um, one sequence or one main event, it's, they like to split it into five episodes because they're lazy when it comes to writing and because they like to stick to the time frame of 20 minutes because maybe the Japanese culture is very busy on that. Like, maybe the Japanese culture is very busy. They can't afford the luxury of watching one-hour shows. Maybe. Maybe that's why Japan's so cool. And racist. Well, not racist. They just prefer homogeny. That racist sort of... I don't know. They just don't like... I don't know. Maybe they're not. God knows. God only knows. I take back the racist Japan thing. That was just... um... Maybe they are. I don't know. I've heard some people say that um, they're very like yeah. homogenistic. Homogenous, yeah, that's the word. Homogenistic. Look at me! Oh my god, I have the radio voice, and I say homogenistic and homogenous and shit. Um. So yeah, watch that, and then I had a microsuction appointment, which was the highlight of my day. It's like, oh my god, microsuction for ears, not um prostitutes. Um, my penis is not that small. Um, so, uh, what's it called? <laughs> I was trying to, I was trying to say that with the most serious face and not make a laugh, but that got me. Um, I have microsuction for my ears because of earwax, um, a max removal procedure. Uh, it's called microsuction where they insert a sort of suction hoover thing. Um, 
uh, so um, yeah, go there. And now uh, keep in mind, before any microsuction streaming, you got to sort of lubricate or soften the earwax with um, with olive oil or hydrogen peroxide. Now, for me, because I'm extra with everything, including um, uh, including this one. Uh, I'm extra with everything. I decided to go for the hydrogen peroxide because that's the strongest one. I was like, fuck it. I want to get rid of this earwax and I'm paying 55 quid for this procedure. I want to get the most out of it. I don't want to have a double payment sort of thing where I'm like, oh no, the earwax wasn't fully removed. There's still some bits left. Maybe come back in a couple of days while you still have the olive oil and then we'll be able to do that. But in, in Specsavers, which is the place I did it, it would be like a couple of weeks to wait for an ear block. This was the hypothetical situation. I went for the strongest one. Got that hydrogen peroxide in my ear. Um, did it twice a day, 10 minutes on each ear for a period of six days. And uh, so that's Tuesday 18th. That's This is the day I'm recording, 18th day 2020. And my appointment was at five, so not that recent when regarding the recording of this podcast. And, um, and, um, that happened, and uh, so I went there, got my microsession ready. It was a Somali lady wearing a hijab, so immediately I got brownie points because I said, Salaam alaikum. Listen, there, if you're a Muslim with other Muslims, there's always the ability to get special privileges. Um, just like, you know, there's a sort of community sort of thing, you know, like the way black people look out for each other, the way people from the Jewish community look out for each other, the way white people invented capitalism, you know, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> so, um, it's that sort of thing. And um, that's a good joke, the way the way white people invented gentrification, you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> That's a, that's a, I'm, I'm keeping that. I'm gonna write that down. One second, let me write that down. Uh, I'll remember it later. Um, black people look out for each other. Muslims look out for each other. White people look out for each other for gentrification. <laughs> that's a fun one. Um, so great. Look at me bragging about myself, about how great I am. Oh my god. Um, so yeah, you get brownie points. So I'm there with her, and uh, she checks my ears for earwax and just puts shoves the Hoover in my ear. Uh, and <laughs> these are the sounds I hear. And <laughs> and she's like, um, there's no earwax in this ear. Let me check the other ear. And then she checks the other ear, and there's a little bit. And then she sucks it out. And then she's like, um. Yeah, sorry, uh, Yusuf. Uh, well, not sorry, but uh, good news. Although, depend. I mean, although considering the fact that you're an Arab, uh, it's not particularly good news. But the earwax was fully removed uh, before the microsuction stream. Someone just came to the house. I think it's my dad. Hello, daddy. Um, but um, the doorbell's ringing. So, good news, uh, but not good news because I know you're an Arab. Um, the microsuction, uh, you know, we did the procedure and the earwax was removed, but I believe the earwax was fully removed beforehand using the hydrogen peroxide that you use because that's very powerful stuff. So, what I'm basically trying to say is that it's good news because the earwax is removed, but because you're Arab, it's bad news because you're going to have to still 
spend 55 pounds on a procedure that you didn't need <laughs> for fuck's sake that's that's my day like i just spent 55 pounds on something that i did not need and the problem is when that use hydrogen peroxide it, your ears still feel like they're full so i need to wait for a couple of weeks to feel to get the feeling of like my ears my audio sort of thing back um so yeah that was a waste of 55 pound and then i got my dentist i trust dentists more because um a dentist can look at your teeth a optician not an optician an audiologist can't fully look into your ear unless they shut in when it is nano um cameras which by the way spec savers did not have for the abroad audience out there spec savers is the um cheapest alternative when going for glasses and and if audio shit um not the cheapest but i don't know they're called spec savers i'm guessing they're like the cheapest one but they did microsuction near me and i was like that's this the only one near my house i don't want to travel to this train just to get earwax removed from my ear um um so yeah spent 55 pounds on a bunch of bullshit and the problem is this was like midway through the month so i had to budget for this 55 pounds and the fact that i budgeted for it um you know uh and it was a waste of money based on what i just said is you know a bit disappointment and people are gonna be like well yusuf why didn't you argue with with the audiologist and tell her um and tell her that oh this is i'm not paying for this because i didn't need to pay for it um i could have but no because i already because i know um she was wearing a hijab and i didn't want her to get sort of profiled or feel because later on, she's going to have to talk like this to her supervisors. This customer did not pay despite the fact that I did the procedure and despite the fact that his ears were fully clean and to explain the story. Now, she's on my side. She said, if it was my clinic, I wouldn't let you pay. Well, because this is not my clinic, I'm going to have to force you to pay. Um, So it was like, yeah, I won't, I'm not going to, with, with the current state of the economy and the state of jobs at risk, um, you know, I feel like um, I'm going to have to pay just to keep you, your job safe. And, you know, she's trying to teach the Quran to her children and all that shit. So it was like, um, uh, I felt I felt sort of kinship for her and all that shit. We had a nice conversation and all that. Um, so I just paid just to not let her avoid any job for stipulations. Pay £55 despite the fact that I'm getting laid off. You know, I'm just trying to say that I'm such a nice person. I'm so much better than you that I just did that. So please, audience, just know that I'm a great human being. Um, That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Nah, I just paid it. I just didn't, I don't like confrontation. I didn't want to deal with drama. And I understood... And I was very friendly. The audiologist was very friendly. So I just I just paid it. I didn't have to argue with anything. Uh, but also, I'm just such a nice person. I just give it away. And just I just, just want you all to know that. I'm just a great person. I'm so much better than you. It's actually so true. Um, but um, yeah, so just wasted 55 pounds today for no fucking reason. Uh, for no wasted correction we got to stay positive yourself um wasted 55 pounds today for a reason that i did not intend to see everything has a reason you everything have a reason now just meditate and focus on your chakra and your key 
you know, that sort of thing. Um, hello. I'm still recording. <laughs> My brother just came in the room. Please give me a second for me to close the door properly. One second. Um, be back in uh to in like I'll just be back real quick. I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Sorry for keeping you. I know you missed me for a period of, um, I don't know how many, what the period was, five seconds. Um, so, yeah, the problem is my door handle needs to swap around, so I have to, unfortunately, put heavy plank of wood just to keep the door closed. And the fact that my brother opened the door was, um, sort of let the hand, the, the wooden plank loose and then had to reposition it in the place where it was so that the door wouldn't open out random um so yeah back to the story we spent 55 pounds of sheer kindness like i'm such a great person um so that happened today what happened the rest of the week worked on the uh worked on sunday didn't work on saturday because um i was just really tired i just couldn't i was I had a really crazy week about, uh, which I'll probably highlight some of the stuff that happened. Um, I had a really crazy week uh, before that. I just I just need a rest and a relaxation. I didn't, I didn't want to deal with people ordering me around. I just want to experience freedom, you know, which is why I love doing this podcast because I can just be free in, in, in to express myself and in a lot of ways. Um, so, um. Um, that's such a good joke. And white people do it through gentrification. Don't steal that shit. I'm writing that down. Um, so I worked on Sunday. Sunday was great. The just busy day. Friendly people. Great managers. The good managers were there. Um, Saturday I just slept. I I woke up at seven, and then I decided I'm not gonna go. So I woke up at. So I had a nap, woke up at 10, told call my manager because I have to call my manager to tell him I'm sick because that sort of confirms it. And then um, uh, I didn't get paid for the day. Um, so who cares? Um, that happened, called my manager. But I just needed that break. And then the, the, throughout the week, a lot of crazy shit happened. Some of it is private, I can't really mention it sorry but i'll say this i got i got caught uh drinking by my mother and um which was horrifying which was the, the thing that sort of made me postponed if you listen to the previous episode is well, the reason why the post for episode eight was delayed to a thursday rather than a wednesday because i had to just reconsider just had to deal with it and uh, i got caught drinking by my mom and it wasn't like she saw me drunk or anything. She just uh, saw, uh, she just went on my Instagram and me, the dumbass, not knowing that there was a pint of cider on the side. Um, not knowing that there's a pint of cider on the side, told her because it was a, it was a separate post where I was like, I was playing operations with my friends. So that was the main subject of the, of the post, but I didn't know there was a pint of cider. So my mom saw it and then she saw that there was a pint of cider on there and then, um, 
and then she just saw that I was drinking. And, um, yeah, I had no defense. I told her, yeah, I've, I've drank and all that shit. And then I told her, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it anymore, which is why I decided to go straight edge. You listened to my previous episode. Um, so that happened, and uh, which is why I've decided to go straight edge, not because of my parents, but because of, I thought about it, and that's like, I've done it all, done everything from, from, uh, from uh, sort of uh, mood enhancers to psychedelics, um, if that makes sense, so like alcohol, weed, and all that shit, um, and then she just saw me drinking, and, uh, I was like, uh, we had a conversation. We, me and me and my mom decided to go to the garden a couple of days afterwards, and she was like, um, she told me the story. I have seven children. I have, I have the in the house. There's seven siblings, including me. So that's including not eight. So it's seven. Uh, so six without me. If, that, if, you, if you want to do the maths, and uh, I remember a story when I uh, told her, well, how was it like? Because I never knew my grandmother, despite the fact that everybody knew how how powerful of a human being she was i just never knew it because i was so young so my mom told me a story about my grandmother um and she was like when on the day you were born your grandmother was like um you, uh, your grandmother was to your dad and she's like this is the guy who's going to carry your name this is the guy you're going to be proud of as your son uh, despite the fact that he has seven children and i don't know why she said that i don't know um and then I was, I just felt like, no, I'm an imposter. I've, I've drank, I've smoked weed, I've done, I've done all this shit. Well, how am I the one who's gonna? I've done, I've done a, a you know, in a Muslim household, that's just, that's just, that's like son abandoning, like abandonment. You know, you're a disappointment to the family if you do that as, as a Muslim. You know, I just want to highlight that. And then, um, you know, me being Muslim and all that shit. Um, white people will be like oh my god he just drank and smoked weed and did pot like come on but no as a muslim this is like serious stuff and um so i was like mom i don't think i'm a i'm the person to pick the family up i'm not perfect and then i told her you know i've smoked weed i've done alcohol i've done everything and it was a very powerful moment between me and my mom where i just said that and i was i felt free you know because i'm no longer holding a secret and I told her I'm never going to do it again. I promise. And I'm promising myself I'm never going to do it again. Because I just don't see the point of it anymore. I just don't see the uses of if it's all, if it's just the lower anxiety levels. I just rely on meditation. It's a natural way to get to get the sort of high, to get a positive sort of innate high. Um. So, yeah, I just said that to my mom and... And it was a very powerful moment. She cries. She's disappointed. But I think the fact that I was honest sort of numbs the pain. You know, I just had to say I'm, I'm only flesh and blood. I make mistakes. Um. So, yeah, I said it. She's still... She, the, the trust barrier between me and her is gone. Like, she doesn't trust me when I go out anymore. Which is the fact that I have to risk as well. Um. Yeah, so I did that. I just let that go off my chest, and it felt very powerful. It felt very freeing, and it felt like I wasn't it's like it's better for me to tell her rather than someday someone listens to this podcast and be like, "Hey, yes, if did this and this, did you know?" 
Um, so it's better to come out of my mouth because then she said, yes, he's told me he's done it and he promised me he's never, he's going to do it before as of last week and the dates preceded as of episode eight, you know, um, so yeah, that was, that was a very powerful moment, which, you know, if you're, if you're a, if you're a Muslim who deals with that stuff, who smokes weed and drinks and all that shit, um, it's a tough battle, man. It's a tough battle. I chose the toughest way to get to get rid of the battle, the easiest and toughest way at the same time, because I just said, "Fuck it, I'm leaving it," and I'm gonna admit that I've done these. But you're doing it for the sake of, you do it for the enjoyment of it, or for for I don't know why you do it, like smoke weed and all that shit for for the camaraderie, because there is a, a massive camaraderie element to it. You know, it's a tough battle. I feel sorry for you. That's a problem. That's an issue that you will have to resolve yourself and see how you sort it out later on within your life. And yeah, man, it's a tough battle. Uh, if you're if you if you're a Muslim growing up in the Western world and you've done all of this stuff, then good luck on you, bro. It's not. It's not a bad thing. You know, it's not a bad thing doing it. But for your parents, it's a massive disappointment. And I just, I don't know. I just said it to my parents. Depending on how strict your parents are, because in many families, this is punishable by exile. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know, man. Good luck on you. But here's my story. I've shared it to you. Um, and I hope you figure out a way to maneuver around the religious guilt because that's a powerful thing man religious guilt is a powerful thing that us muslims deal with catholics deal with jews deal with you know christians not all of them but catholics definitely do deal with religious guilt yeah and i hope salvation for you brother i hope salvation to all my brothers and sisters who deal with that sort of religious guilt uh, just hope for the most positive outcome out of doing that stuff because I understand pressures. It's not just pressures; it's just it's a fun thing. Smoking weed is fun, and drinking is fun, but to the ability to admit your problems to the person you betrayed, and tell them I'm sorry, I'm never going to do it again, is also equally powerful and it shows the strength of character. I feel like that. I feel like I did the right thing in that situation. I'm only talking from my perspective. I don't know about you, but. This is the best, like, this is just my scenario, and I hope you take an element out of it that you just appreciate. But, um, so far, I've just done it all. It's fun. You know, I wouldn't deny that if my friends start smoking around me, uh, I wouldn't deny the fact that they're having fun. But I will, I will still maintain the idea that no, I'm not doing this, you know. My will is a test of will, and, um, yeah think that that shows uh, that you uh, it showed it showed more like islam is not just when i did that and said it and decided to go that path i you know i said to myself you know islam isn't just it's like a monk lifestyle no alcohol no weed you gotta kill the animal a certain way because you respect nature you respect the animal um you know, it doesn't because you see it as a gift from God, and you know the halal killing. Vegans were like, "No, it's not halal. You slit their fucking throats. You fucking Muslim." 
there was some vegans I'm surprised there's no vegan uh, Islamophobic treatment but because they're on the left we can't call them Islamophobia because Islamophobia is just a right-wing thing apparently mm. but I'm pretty sure there's a lot of vegans who are like oh these Muslims they just slit their throats it's so egregious and disgusting um, I'm sure there's some vegans out there shout out to those vegans if you know anyone tell them to fuck off um, but um, yeah did that um, it's a monk lifestyle. Islam is a monk lifestyle. It's, it's, it's not something that. It, it's like converting into it. If you ever convert into it, good, good luck, man. Good luck on that spiritual journey because it's going to be a very powerful one. And if you're someone who sort of stirred away from it and has decided to go back to it, go for it, man. It's a powerful thing. Just go back. Oh, they're yelling outside my, my room. Mama, what they saw, Dick? It's a powerful thing, man. It's a powerful thing. You know, that spiritual journey to be like, no, I'm not gonna. And it's a Buddhist thing because they're sort of self destructive elements like weed and alcohol. They're, they're self destructive in a sense because you're running away from your problems. So, people that I smoke weed are very troubled mentally and they use it to run away from their problems. I'm not stereotyping because. The people I've been around, they do it for the fun and for the escapism of it. I don't see any other reason. Yeah, maybe a spiritual thing, but a lot of, you know, like Wiz Khalifa smokes weed for spiritual reasons. I don't know Dave Chappelle smokes it for spiritual reasons, but in terms of how the friends I've done it with, it's more like, oh, it's a hangout thing. Um, so, yeah, it's a monk lifestyle and it's, it requires a tremendous strength of will. To just be like, no more. No mas. If you remember Eto. I think it was Eto from uh, when he was in uh, Barcelona. He was like, no mas, no more racism. And, um, yeah, that's it. So I did that. And um, because of that, I didn't go to D&D on, on Thursday. Because I just felt like, yo, I'm just fresh into this decision. And the 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 firmness of my decision to do this is not steady and i because i only decided it the day before this was on the wednesday the events that i'm talking about where i just confessed to my mom and dnd was on a thursday a thursday so the firmness of the decision wasn't as strong so and because I'm all my friends at DND drink and smoke weed and they always have weed with them and I told you on my previous episode where you know just watch my previous episode listen to it sorry um so yeah the, I just didn't want to I just wanted to firm the idea and think about it and I'm like yeah let's go with this let's go with this monk lifestyle the fact that the largest religion in the world is a monk sort of lifestyle is very much beautiful in a way but, you know, we still have our troubles. Many people argue that Islam isn't a religion of peace. It's how you decide to define it. But I don't know. I don't know my definition on it, if you want to ask me. But there is a peaceful element to it, and you want to take that and take that. Um, um, yeah, so that's it. That's what happened. And uh, because of the episode delay, I also went on like a spiral, sort of turned my... my um, from previous, when I published episode seven, um, my trajectory was going pretty high. I was on like um, 
uh, like the, in terms of the growth was pretty high and then because of the delay of previous eight uh, per episode eight which was the previous episode that it fucked up the trajectory of like growth so it, it kind of put me in a depressive state because i was like oh man but then i realized everything everything's for a reason man and just kept on meditating and just realized you know what fuck it they just keep on doing this it's not going to stop you growth is growth is a matter of uh, the, the the fact that it had that trajectory it's just a matter of luck and sometimes you feel unlucky and sometimes you don't maybe it's not maybe it's a coincidence maybe it's just yeah it, it, uh, it's great that i discovered this mistake early on which is constantly posting on wednesday which by the way i will always do unless an issue like you know the ones that i've mentioned arises but i will try my best to publish on wednesday then um on a thursday uh, uh if you guys remember my uh, virtual concierge role which i applied for at harrods um my my manager contacts me and tells me hey yusuf did you get an email regarding the uh job interview for the virtual concierge i was like no i didn't get an email and uh, I hop on the Workday app, which is the app, which if you know anything about Workday, if you have a job, you probably use Workday, but I don't know. I don't know, but we use well, it's sort of like an integrate app, which integrates your work and your payslip and job applications. So I apply for Workday and, and um, you know, I see the email and they didn't, they can easily go on Workday and see my main email, but they were like, oh no, you need to email your main email to people's support and then we can email you the virtual interview, uh, virtual interview, um, virtual concierge interview invite. I'm like, okay, 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 we'll do that. So I'm literally like, I find the email at 4 p.m. and the deadline is at 5, so I'm literally just nervous as fuck. Am I going to miss out on this? God, the week can't get any worse. Um, so, yeah, so, say that, and then I send the email, and, um, thank the heavens, my, um, my manager tells me, don't worry, there's other people dealing with this at the moment, they will, they might be an extension, so I, I just get the email, and say like, oh, Yusuf, don't worry, dear Yusuf, there's been an extension, you can do this on Monday, but I decided to do it on, on the, on Friday, it was Friday, not Thursday. The day that was the, the, the just these events uh, came to fruition. Um, so uh, yeah, so I, I'm getting ready. I'm getting repaired now. Keep in mind, this is not like a face-to-face interview. At the start, I thought, "Oh my god, I can start the interview whenever I want." Man, Howard's a baller, bro. Jeez. So there's a certain person right in front of ready. At any moment for me to take the interview is when I want, not when they request it. That's fucking baller. That's what I thought. But then I realized, nah, no way. It just has to be with a robot. And it was with a robot. <laughs> so I do that interview. Now, this is not like the main interview. This is like an entry interview. So I'm, I'm telling them, I set up, I, I borrow my webcam because I'd, I'd rather do it on my PC where there's a mic and it, I know I'm in a comfortable position. I know this chair. I know this fan right on my right. I know. I know where my switch is. <laughs> it's a comfortable position. I've spoken for hours here, so I decided to do it there because I got nervous. You know, it's a job interview, and I've never, I've never been in a proper job interview, like, and this wasn't a proper one, but still, it was still a job interview. Like, I've never been. 
most of our jobs just came out of me trialing for someone like my first job that I got was obviously with my dad but later on my first job that I got was uh, through via work experience and the guy just decided to hire me um because he saw I was confident and then the, this Harris job just came because I was a temporary staff at the time I've already proven myself to them and they just decided to hire me as permanent without the need for an interview I just sent in a CV and wrote a, a cover letter as to why I want to work at the gift shop um they just got hired there was no interview process whatsoever and this was an interview process so I was nervous so I was like telling everyone in the house everybody shut the fuck up don't make any noises I've got an interview with a robot <laughs> and then it later on translated to me trying to explain to them for, for like a minute and a half what this interview with a robot is and then she's like and I'm like okay we're gonna we, we'll be gonna be silent uh, wish you uh, best of luck uh, make sure you uh, you you do the qul had thing and then um, so I get ready to borrow my webcam from my sister I don't have a webcam by the way I wish I had one but I had to borrow one from her, my sister and um, she has a webcam because her job off gave it to her for free well because she's working at home at the moment so I, I take the webcam set up everything and um, yeah uh, okay, I'm ready. I click. I do practice questions just to figure out my angle. I make sure the webcam angle doesn't show the cluttered bits of my room because I was too lazy to clean it. And I make sure like not a lot of shit showing. And then um, I, I record and bam, I do the practice questions and get ready and get the angle of the camera ready. And then I start the genuine questions and it's like oh, this blah 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 and it was one fucking question i solved it i i think i did well i just spoke and said what i think um which is what this podcast is so maybe this podcast was just a message from the gods to train for this one interview and it was one fucking question got stressed out because the job interview uh just got stressed out for this job interview with a robot and it was one question so i go downstairs and tell my mom yo it was one question and me and her laugh it out like mad <laughs> <laughs> because it like I was stressed out to the max and I was like one qu- one question stressed out to the max because a I could have missed out on the interview therefore making my attempt to get this job completely frivolous um and then once I got it I was stressed out because maybe I won't get an extension and then 20 minutes later I get an extension email that you can do it on Monday but I decided to do it now and then um and then I get ready, I practice, I practice for an hour on these practice questions, just trying to develop the literacy and the way to talk. I'm getting ready, tell my parents to, tell my family to shut the hell up, don't be loud. And then, oh my God, I'm ready, I click, stop the practice questions, get ready, set up the angle, get ready, lights, camera, action, job interview with a robot. Robot asks a question, I answer the question, we're like a fucking ace, and then... It's one question. What the fuck was that? That's the biggest, like, middle finger from God. This is what pisses me off. I don't like... If it's a good thing that happens, then it's a good thing. But if it's a bad thing that happens... uh, If it's a bad thing that happens... But it's a good thing. But if it's generally a good thing... Because, A, the job interview was one question... But in my mind, I feel ripped off... Because of the effort that I put in... Then that pisses me off, you know? You know, similar to the earwax situation. That's just... These are the things that annoy me. Like, the... 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 Uh, the... Not following the narrative of the story. You go... You go work after the interview. You set up everything. The interview is with a robot. You realize that you, you might not get the job. And then you're interviewing the person. And then they tell you one question. And then... All right, done. Thank you for the interview. What the fuck was that? 
What the fuck was that? I'm incredibly lucky, but it still fucked up. It's still annoying. Um, so yeah, that's what happened on Friday. And then uh, Monday, uh, I have a broken MacBook, which is owned by my sister. I borrowed from her because her work gave her a MacBook. So I used this MacBook for uni, but it broke. And I've been hiding the fact that it's been broke ever since it broke because uh, a I don't want to I'm too nervous to say that to my sister and I don't want to stress her out. And then uh, because of the way I leeway around using the MacBook, everybody wants to borrow the MacBook. My brother wants to borrow the MacBook every time, and I'm like, it's broken. So I always leeway around, and it raised suspicions to my sister. And then um, uh, later on that day, she she says, "Oh, I want the MacBook," and I tell her, "Okay, go and take it." It works. Just trying to me lie to her. Despite the fact that I know she knows I'm lying. But hopefully she gets the fact that she knows I'm lying. But she still wants to discover the fact that I am lying. So it was sort of a weird thing. And I was planning to fix it once I get my 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 maintenance loan from uni. But, you know, unfortunately the situation came to true. And then the MacBook is broken. And she discovered that. Which is, you know. My excuse was, hey, I didn't want to tell you because you're an independent woman and you work a lot and you deal with a lot of neuroticism and headaches of work and just obviously being a woman in a hijab and feeling like an imposter syndrome and, you know, all the stress, um, all the stress that you deal with at work, I didn't want to add further stress. So I was going to fix it once the maintenance loan comes. But obviously you can't lie. <sighs> that was that was in Islam. That's what we call taqiyya. It wasn't a lie. It was a lie because I wanted to save someone from from a, a, eternal doom. <laughs> the, what taqiyya is is like Muslims lying to the Nazis about them hiding Jews in their household. That that's what would be considered as a taqiyya. Um, so that was a taqiyya. It wasn't a lie. It was me trying to save my sister from eternal stress because her MacBook is broken. Now she's going to fix it, and she's going to fix it early, and... Huh? Now she's going to fix it. Oh, I thought my brother was talking to me. Now she's going to fix it, and she's going to fix it, and I'm going to have to pay. So I've got a pending fucking payment waiting for me like a fucking motherfucker. Anyways, guys, this has been episode 9 of the IMO podcast. Thank you all for listening. I love you all. Um... Be sure to follow me on Instagram, uh, Yusuf101. So that's Yusuf the way it's spelled out on the podcast, and 101, so 101. Um, love you all. Thank you for listening. And uh, this episode, will, next episode will come out Wednesday. Um, see you guys. Bye-bye. <laughs>